You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. One colon a fantasy football podcast, part of the Fake Team Podcast channel. I am your humble host, once conducted the now defunct Devin Funches hype train, rom com aficionado, worshiper of Nikhil Harry and Damian Harris, truther, the old Mary guy, Pete Rogers. And I am joined on this very special episode by all of the guys DK Metcalf's number one admirer, doubter of Juju Smith Schuster, proponent for a line of Jon Snow hair products. You heard it here first. Resident old man Clark Barnes, El Saboteur, proud father of Quentin Nelson, WNBA hot take machine wine connoisseur, and the man who boldly said the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will make the playoffs this year, working girl Jordan Smith, and finally the biggest 49ers fan you know, Arya Stark is his spirit animal, the only man who hates Larry Fitzgerald, and a fan of what scientists lovingly call, quote, facts, the ginger normal man, Nick Bodiford. How are we doing tonight? Doing great, Pete. Very well. Doing good, Pete. Yeah, man. Got to gotta hydrate after that intro. That's the lot. intro. Yeah, it takes a lot out of me. When we Once we get like halfway through the season and then it's like fucking a minute and a half on each of you guys, then it's whew. Then I get it just really fast and try to see how quickly I can rattle off all of the different uh, different names and acumens that, that you guys collect over the years. Cool. So it's a very special episode, you guys, because it is our first start and sit show of the year uh i just want to i just want us to take a moment to bask in the glory that will be this episode last year we went through all of the games for those who have been with us for you know the entirety of our existence and we gave you our starts and sits from each one but honestly uh that got boring fast and no one cares about the titans or the Bengals, so why are we going to talk about them uh this year we decided to spice it up, and we're going to pick the games that we want to actually talk about. So if your team isn't mentioned, it's because it's stupid, and we don't like that team. So, you know, take it personally if we don't talk about your team. Also, if we say things about your team that you don't like, you should also be offended. Right. <laughs> no, no, that you can't be offended by, but the, but the us not talking about your team. If we talk about your team, we have the right to talk, say whatever we want about your team. That's just, that's just how, the thing, how the cookie crumbles, as they say. Yeah, start your own podcast. Show. Yeah, start yeah. your own podcast if you want to. If you want to have any opinion, just download our podcast, and then we don't give a shit other than that. Just, just do that. It's the only opinion you need is that we're worth listening to. After we or just you could all you. just engage in a constructive manner and not yell at each other or bring negativity. And I'm just kidding. We don't care. Fuck that, Jordan. That's some bull ass <laughs> shit. We don't do that here. Um, but yeah, so we're going to get into it. We're going to get right into the starts and sits because there's lots to talk about. Clark, we'll start with you. What's the uh, first game that you want to talk about this this weekend? So first, 
game that we'll talk about, one of the last ones of the week, and I'm going to stay at home with the Texans versus the Saints. This is a DFS bonanza on the Thursday night to Monday slate. Uh, I had a really hard time picking out a sit for this game because I think if you're even considering someone, this hopefully will be a shootout. Uh, What I came up with for a start is Latavius Murray. If you went zero RB and you're trying to select between three or four potential upside guys, I think Murray's a safe play to fall into the end zone and get you something. Uh, I mean... (laughs) You sit Kenny Stills, which is probably one of the least (laughs) bold takes that we'll have. I like Kenny Stills uh, long-term. The Texans wide receivers not named DeAndre Hopkins have had a really hard time staying healthy. And I think Kenny Stills has always been underappreciated and proven quite up to the task when he's been given the opportunity. So maybe more of a stash play than a start this week. Uh, Really struggled with sits on this one. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this game, we've seen the opening game in the dome kind of always turn into a shootout last year was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who kind of caught the Saints by surprise and it was a a toe-to-toe explosive offensive game and I think that that's exactly what we'll see this year and so in a game like that where QBs are trucking the ball everywhere yes start whoever you got on there and I think the Latavius Murray we spent a lot of time talking about him he's a great guy great guy to start if you've got him I have him on one of my leagues and I will certainly be starting him yeah this game is is um made of fireworks i'm i'm trying to figure out if if there's any sort of injury to whichever receiver is going to be going deep on the other side of the ball for for breeze and i'm wondering if 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 has trey Quan smith been healthy because he hasn't done anything through the preseason i think so i i think he's been healthy i'm i'm investing in ted ginn ted ginn quietly a underrated fantasy stud despite the fact that he's 400 years old I mean, at, at home uh, in the Superdome, any of those deep threats are are viable, uh, like, you know, uh, second flex deep plays. Alvin Kamara is going to absolutely torch the Texans. Yeah, he's, he, I've got him as the RB1 this week. Yeah. Perfect. All right, let's move on to another game. Jordan, uh, what's a game that you're excited about and you want to talk about? Um. I'm actually pretty excited about the Colts versus Bolts. I would be a little bit more excited um, if Indianapolis still had uh, this. Uh, what's his name? The quarterback he just retired. Um, anyway, it's it's Jacoby Brissett now. Uh, we're moving on. <laughs> Forget about him. And um, my my start. I think that you should be able to comfortably start Austin Eckler this week. Um, Melvin Gordon's not going back. That's He's just not, and even if he comes back like tomorrow, I don't think he would be um, ready to go in and put together the the kind of game that you would hope uh, Melvin Gordon could. Uh, last year, the Colts were 25th in DVOA when defending running backs in the passing game. Um, and with the Chargers offensive line being a pretty big question mark, I just think that's where... Um, Eckler is going to eat most and they're going to rely on him a little bit more than Justin Jackson in the run game. Um, even still, Eckler has proven to be just as efficient as Melvin Gordon um, in both areas of the um, of the offense, running and passing. Um, the Colts do want Darius Leonard to be a little bit better in pass protection. I think he can be, but uh, Darius Leonard might help his hands doing other things Uh, it definitely helps that the chargers um have hunter henry back that'll be something to kind of take uh 
the attention away. Uh, we all know Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is another uh, weapon in the passing game. I, I just think the Colts uh, defense is going to have their hands full with the Chargers. Yeah, I would put my money on just Austin Eckler if he was matched up with Darius Leonard anyway, because Austin Eckler is more of a veteran. And I think Eckler is going to have a, a little bit of an FU game. Uh, you know, he wants to go out there and show that he can be the RB1 and that the team doesn't need uh, Melvin Gordon to uh, make the offense run. So, AE, knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you took a shot on Eckler because you were hoping Gordon was going to sit out or because you were ensuring your Gordon pick and he's absolutely a go. Uh, because I want to say this every chance I get, Hunter Henry, uh, play Hunter Henry. Put, play Hunter Henry. $3,900 on DraftKings. Did you guys see the report that came out that the Eagles tried to trade for Melvin Gordon offering Jordan Howard and swapping right. like late round picks? So okay, bold. I, I did see bold that. Eagles bold. I, that that's not all. They also asked the Chargers to pay for Melvin Gordon's salary. A bold move, Eagles. Bold move. Yeah. Like what the they fuck? Thought they, yeah. they thought they were trading with the Texans, so they forgot. <laughs> they had seen the Texans trade, and they're like, "Oh shit, we can get a get away with anything we want." And they tried to do it, and the Chargers are like, "You got to be kidding me, right? We're we're getting." a worse running back and we're paying for Melvin Gordon and we're swapping third round, like fourth round picks. Are you, are you serious right now? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, I don't know what, I think the Eagles were just trying to pull some sort of heist. I don't think they have like a true need for Melvin Gordon, but no. I, I think they were just trying to, they're trying to pull one over. Nick, how, how, uh, how worried were you that your Miles Sanders hype train was about to crash and burn when they gave up a bunch for, or gave up nothing, I guess, but traded for Melvin Gordon. I, I've already talked to one of my fellow uh, Sanders truthers about this, and my my most concerning, uh, or my, my biggest concern from this whole thing is how much shit I'm going to have to hear from all the people who are going to be like, oh, I thought Melvin Sanders is going to be the big guy this year. Um, yeah, you don't you don't offer a, a a literal just battering ram and ask to pay for Melvin Melvin Gordon's satir, salary as a real offer. Um, <laughs> Take your shit out for a piece. <laughs> What's crazy is I was buying the, uh, the I was one hundred percent buying the Rotoviz comp of Miles Sanders and Melvin Gordon. It's like they're if they're essentially the same player, then I don't know. I, I feel like it might be there might be something missing from the report, or it could just be something that's manufactured uh, to light a fire under the Chargers to get a deal done, or something like that. Maybe, maybe we shall see. We'll see more. Stay tuned for more on that. Not this episode, but I'm sure there'll be more breaking. Uh, all right. One of the games that I'm going to be talking about and I, I'm excited about is the Washington breadsticks against the aforementioned Eagles. Speaking of the Eagles. Um, and I want to talk about Darius Geis. I have him in two of my leagues and it sounds like he's locked up the starting gig, which is great. And it seems like he's going to be getting a full workload in this offense. But I'm not here to say to start him. Rather, I think you should sit Geis this week. He's still coming off of his ACL. He played a little bit in the preseason, and we saw kind of what you'd expect from a, from a back who's returning from a devastating knee injury, right? A little rust, a little wear and tear. Um, and, but mainly, he's facing an Eagles defense that only allowed nine rushing touchdowns last year to running backs, which was fifth best in the, year, in the league. And you know that the Washington Red Six are going to be losing 
basically the entirety of this game. So there, there's not going to be too much of a run game. The guy, if you're looking for a running back who you want to play, Chris Thompson is the pass catcher in that. And that's a clearly defined role just for him. And since they're going to be down a lot, he might be getting even, he might be getting more work out of the Geis Thompson Peterson kind of backfield. If you're trying to figure out how that's going to play out. But ultimately I would be hesitant to start Darius Geis as like a flex guy or an RB four. I think he's going to underperform, but that won't, that won't don't paint a poor picture about what his, uh, his season will turn out to be. Um, I'm here to emphatically support. Uh, what you just said and take it a step further. I uh, routinely read everything that, that uh, Dr. David Chow, the pro football doc puts out. He just uh, revamped his website and everybody can subscribe for the first month of the season for free. Um, He's talked a lot about guys watching him through the preseason. And basically what he's seeing is that his knee is still not stable. It's still weak. And the, and I mean, I could look at Darius guys and go, okay, yeah, he looks pretty good having uh, Dr. Chow, uh, look at the same person and go, no, I can see that he's favoring the knee. I mean, he's, he's a, a relatively like healthy young man, but he's still favoring that knee. Um, and something we've talked all, all off season about on, on the podcast is not only did he have to have one surgery to fix the knee, he had to have three follow-up surgeries to deal with the aftermath of the first surgery. Uh, Geis is, is not healthy. I don't believe that he actually has the starting gig locked up i i think that it's still adrian peterson's i think that this is a whole lot of coach speak out of a a um joke of an organization and uh i'm i'm concerned that darius guys is going to get put out there too early um i don't i'm not he's just gonna gonna get a workload that is not that he's not prepared for and that could risk re-injuring things and setting him back even further and if they if they're patient and they kind of do run Adrian Peterson for the first kind of four to five weeks, get Darius guys up to speed. It could be a really nice smooth transition, but that's putting a lot of faith in an organization that has proven itself to be uh, the equivalent of dumpster fire. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. From a narrative perspective, the uh, Washington football team isn't necessarily that great at handling players with injuries. Um, But by extension, Darius guys hasn't, technically played football in the NFL um so with with a knee injury like his uh I mean just like a normal ACL tear can be a a two-year thing for players especially somebody who hasn't played in the NFL he you know could be a little bit hesitant to get hit you know he might take a little bit longer to process where these holes are going to be because he doesn't want to lose another year of his very very young um career so it's it's something that I feel like he is going to mentally just work himself into um, uh, besides all the knee stuff. I feel like mentally he just might have a little bit of ways to go before he gets going, maybe in October. And he should work that out on your bench this week. Uh, Nick, what's your first game you're excited about? Well, Clark, I mean, Clark, Pete, I'm inclined to take your directions literally where you said talk, find at least one person you want to talk about and just talk about everybody. But first game I'm going to go with is new England versus Pittsburgh. Um, and, and I, I, I was, I was hoping to highlight someone who we've waffled a lot on. And I think that there are a number of players to be discussed, but the, the biggest, perhaps most controversial one where people don't really know what they're getting is Josh Gordon. We're here to tell you start Josh Gordon. Yeah. He's a locked-in wide receiver too. This is going to be a shootout. Um, it, it's, I, I could see that he, uh, maybe does not get a massive, workload like he might not hit 10 targets maybe he gets seven but 
he's going to do serious damage when he does. And, and I, I actually do think that he's closer to that high-end workload. Um, he's fully healthy. He's ready to go. Trust Josh Gordon. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. That's the shit I like to hear, especially since the Steelers, for whatever reason, and maybe they will finally change it, but it seems like whatever reason, yeah. they always play a kind of lax zone defense against Brady, which he just sits back there and picks them apart. And you saw it last year with Chris Hogan just ran wild on that defense. They couldn't find him on play action and all that kind of stuff. Josh Gordon, hate to break it to you, Chris Hogs. Uh, I know you played the cross, but you're not as good as Josh Gordon. I, Clark, I know it's breaking news to you that that Chris Hogan played the cross, but I'm here to tell you, multi-sport athlete Chris Hogan, uh, Josh Gordon, much better than he is, um, and I think is going to be. People are worried, like, what is this offense going to look like without Gronk? I'll tell you what this offense is going to look like without Gronk. Josh motherfucking Gordon, that's what this offense is going to look like without Gronk. Yeah, um, the there ever ever since Keith Butler took over as the the uh, Steelers defensive coordinator he has just rolled out these moronic as you said uh well moronic defenses um trying to cover Gronk with a linebacker no matter how many times Gronk is scoring they they w- he will not change things he is he's uh Keith Butler is extremely confident in his abilities and he is a very very bad defensive coordinator that's something that we should target all year long I love it I reached on Gordon and I'm starting him everywhere I'm going down with the ship or cruising to the championship. I reached, I reached out of two and I'm so freaking excited. Clark, we'll swing back around to you. Give us the second game that you're, uh, you're excited about. Uh, so, so Lions Cardinals, I think that everyone has overreacted to the Cardinals and the obvious plays here are Kenny Galladay, Matt Stafford, and the running back, carry on Johnson. There we go. Uh, I think if you drafted Kyler Murray and are really excited, you should sit him uh, because we're about to see what this newfangled college-style offense looks like against uh, an NFL team, albeit one of the worst ones coached by Matt Patricia, I understand. So I am sitting everyone on the Cardinals this week, and if they do great, I don't care. I got some information, and I just feel like the Lions are going to look really good in this one. I actually picked the – the Cardinals to win this game because <laughs> I think, I think it's just going to be one of those things where uh, Cliff Kingsbury first game, just pulling tricks out of the box. And um, I don't think Detroit with, you know, they're probably going to play like 80% of their snaps and 12 personnel. They're going to try to slow the game down and Arizona's just going to be coming out firing, throwing the ball all over the place. And it feels like they get the week one win. And the narrative for the next week is, oh, are the, are the Cardinals good? Are they changing football? And then we realize that they're not when they go one and three. But <laughs> that's just, I, I don't know. I'm getting these weird gut instincts. You know, football's back. I see, I see base, it either, like it's going to happen on the extremes, right? There's no middle ground. There's no like Kyler Murray comes in yes. and the Cardinals offense looks good and looks fine either it's going to be the greatest show on turf and everyone's like holy shit cliff kingsbury is a genius kyler murray is going to throw for you know five thousand yards and 400 touchdowns or they're just going to get completely stifled that offensive line which has looked garbage throughout the preseason is going to get eaten alive by the lions's front you know front four and defensive line trey flowers baby gonna wreak some havoc um but uh you never know and so I think I think that uh, the sitting Kyler Murray is bold. 
but I'm also not against it. And I can see the thought process behind it. If you have a quarterback who maybe you, who's more, you know, basically what you're going to get from that quarterback, that might be a safer bet because Kyler Murray's either going to get you a ton of points or get you nothing. Um, so I think that the truth is not with anything you guys just said. Um, <laughs> All four but, uh, of us have very different opinions on this game. Perfect. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, that we can look at an amazing offense and still have this Cardinals team lose a lot because they're severely lacking on defense. Um, and so, anyway, I'm starting uh, Kyler Murray in almost every league. Uh, so let's see how that goes. But the, the player that I, I'd like to talk about from this game is Carryon Johnson. Uh, I, I am terrified of Matt Patricia and his donkey brain. And given this awesome... Uh, matchup that carry on Johnson has if I am a carry on Johnson owner I am letting him go off against this toilet paper defense and then I'm trying to trade him high yeah interesting I like it it's always a good strategy especially if you're not if you don't want to like deal with the stress for the season if he has a great game sell high everyone's looking to buy after week one yeah right everybody hates their team after week one as if they soon lose. As exactly. like, god damn it <laughs> <laughs> Trade everyone who drafted this team. Uh, Jordan, what, blow it up. <laughs> what's a what's a game you're looking at? Um, so I kind of want to get this game out of the way, and I also want to get your guys's take on it. Um, it's the the Larkar game, the Los Angeles Rams against the Carolina Panthers. I was really struggling to figure out who to uh, sit and who to start because I think there are good matchups on both sides where potentially a lot of people could eat. Uh, this could be another one of those games where, um, you, you know, it's, it could be another one of those games where there's a lot of points scored. Um, I think if anybody, it could be Greg Olson, who if you have him at tight end, this might be the, the time to get your Greg Olson game, use up those points before he uh, injures himself or his age starts to show. Um, mostly because I, I don't think the Rams are going to be as good at covering um, the tight ends this year. They're pretty decent last year, but not so good this year because they lost a lot of talent at linebacker. Um, LaMarcus Joyner is gone, but they did replace him with Eric Weddle. But I feel like those safeties might have their hands full with another guy named Christian McCaffrey. But yeah, I, I, the Carolina Panthers front seven is probably going to be pretty insane but I still feel like they can get Todd Gurley involved in some way or any of those other running backs they're really terrible against second wide receivers um the Rams are uh or no the the Panthers are really terrible against wide receiver twos but I don't know if Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks is going to be the wide receiver too like it could either one of them could line up anywhere so I'm just there's so yeah, many moving parts question mark yeah maybe yeah i like greg olson is a uh bizarre sort of contrarian play um uh, both of these teams are just going to eat this is one of those matchups where uh it's 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 lovely that that you guys have some good defensive players but both of these offenses are so fucking good they're going to drive the opposing team's offense to just go high octane um it it, you know but both of neither of these teams uh (laughs) outside of the uh, the, the C.J. Anderson stint, um, neither of these teams want to be an established-to-run team. They both want to throw the ball, and they want to throw the ball to the running back 
early. Sometimes McVay runs on first down, whatever, whatever. But anyway, both of these offenses uh, will play off of each other. And, and this is absolutely the kind of matchup that you look for, for fantasy purposes. Fire the cannons. Don't worry about X, Y, or Z. Just trust your guy. You know, don't, I'm not saying bench Julio for, for Brandon Cooks, but like trust your players. This is a good game for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you're going to watch one game of actual football this weekend, which I know no one listening to this podcast will, but if you only have the time to watch one, please consider the LAR card game as the one game you watch because it's going to be two offenses. I mean, we've seen what the Rams offense can be at its peak. And we've been, we on this podcast have been spending all offseason talking about how great this Panthers offense could be. Um, and so if we see both those offenses at their fullest potential against each other in week one, whoo, that's going to be a game to watch. All right. So the, another game that I am looking forward to is the Baltimore Ravens heading to Miami to take on just whatever they are. Um, now I'm now just realizing that this game might not happen because of the hurricane. Um, I don't know what the current status of that is. Um, so if you're in Florida, stay safe. Hope you're safe. Um, but so this game might or might ha- not happen. But if it does happen, really, you should start all of your Ravens players with confidence. But I'm especially singling out Mark Ingram. Uh, the Dolphins allowed 4.47 yards. 4.47 yards per carry last year. Uh, and amid their fire sale where they just decided to give up on the season, they traded away Kiko Alonso, their starting linebacker. So I don't even know who they have at linebacker. I don't even know what who's on their front seven. I don't know who's on this defense. Uh, I just think that everyone in this Ravens offense, they're going to run the football. They're going to run it well. Marking room is going to feast. Whatever you want to think about, uh, whatever his name, Jared. Who's the guy? Justice Hill. Justice Hill. Justice Hill will get his touches too. And I'm sure eventually, like you guys all want to tell me, we'll replace Mark Ingram in this backfield. But week one is Mark Ingram's. And I'm calling the Dolphins the three bears because Mark Ingram is going to Goldie lock their asses. Ingram's going to finish an RB7 or better this week. You can mark that down. So start with confidence. That's way too high for me for Ingram. Uh, that means, well, not way too high. <laughs> I think he finishes a back end RB1. Um, but yeah, uh, all year long, it's going to be start. Whoever is, is playing Miami, whether it's an offensive player or a team defense or a kicker, just start anyone who's playing Miami. It's, it's it's a fantasy gold mine, man. Uh, I, yeah, Lamar Jackson is, I I think Lamar Jackson goes over a hundred rushing yards this week. Uh, Mark Ingram will look great. Justice Hill will look even better. It's going to be amazing. They'll look equally good in their own way um yeah no uh i i would i would definitely consider i, I think i've got mark ingram as the i can look at it uh, i think it's mark rb14 ingram. i was just looking at RB14. it yeah that's why um, i did rb7 just to fuck with you nick it's half okay. what you think it's gonna be beer bet he's gonna finish as worse than the rb 9.5 deal cool um yeah fire up all your rushers on the ravens Let's not forget that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to chuck it. And if for some reason you have Devontae Parker on your team, you should start him. <laughs> Don't listen to that. Clark's, I've Clark's got him, pitch. I've got him in several DFS lineups <laughs> that I am mildly excited about. How much does he cost? Is he like pennies? It's nothing. I mean, it, 
it's a stupid contrarian like so i play dfs for dimes and quarters like that's yeah. the fun that i have for it so if you're you know hey, if you're, you're bold I mean, like me you're right though ryan fitzpatrick is going to chuck this ball around if he's got the time to do so i mean which is a big if considering they just traded it away laramie tunsil but Devonte parker has two catches for 80 yards and a touchdown who says no yeah, th- this is the reason that we drafted Pierre Garcon last year for the 49ers. So please understand the, the risk you are taking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, before we go on for more starts and sits uh, for week one NFL action, we're going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back with more starts and sits for week one. Um, Who am we on? Nicholas, I think we're up on you. Tell us the second game that you are very inspired by and want to be uh, watching. So uh, again, I, I tried to stick with the uh, tough questions, guys. So tomorrow night we've got uh, Green Bay versus Chicago. Pretty good offense uh, against an amazing defense and a a, <laughs> a Trubisky offense against an all right defense. Um, as scary as it is, I think that you roll with Aaron Jones. He is just that damn good. And although I'm still skeptical that Matt LaFleur is uh, as smart as we talk about him as um, kind of betting on talent and usage here, I think that that 18 touches is still going to keep uh, Aaron Jones as a as a running back, too. I, I am a little bit worried about it. And I obviously I, I don't think this, this is going to be a ceiling game for him this year. But I think that he you, you can still trust him just based on the fact that he's a talented running back playing in Aaron Rodgers' offense, and I, and I think that he will go 18 touches or, or more. Aaron Jones or Matt Breida? Ooh. So that's funny that you should say that, man. I, I was having that exact conversation earlier today, and I, I erred on the side of Jones. However, I, as a follow-up, I did say uh, – I did suggest that, that that person start Breida over Miles Sanders in their running back two spot. Whoa! Wow, Nick, you you spoke I, ill of Miles Sanders. I well, yeah, um, and yeah, I yeah, I shamed him. I can't stand him anymore. But uh, I mean, if we actually, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off. I'll hold off till till the uh, the Tampa Bay section. Spoiler alert! I got Nick all flustered. Uh, wait, are you locking Aaron Jones to having eighteen touches? Is that your lock of this week? No, I no, okay. I, that one's just. I think all my locks of the week are going to be specifically targeted to upset Clark. By the way, Clark, I don't, I don't know if you saw. Um, yes. I got a comment on. Uh, well, actually, I'll follow up. I'll follow it up. Never mind. 
later on, later on. Spoilers, more spoilers, all the spoilers. Oh, God, you can tell this is a great podcast when when pe- members of it specifically construct segments of the show just to piss off other people on this show. <laughs> I thought that's what we were supposed to do. Yeah, no, that's the point of it. What, the what, one rule I can manage to follow. The one rule of the show is to annoy everyone. That's the point of it. That's why we're here. Uh, Clark, give us your final game that you are watching with excitement. So I, I'm super stoked about watching this next game because I love the zone scheme, play action scheme, and both of these teams are going to run it, and both of these teams, I think, have fantastic personnel to do it. We've got Atlanta at Minnesota, and I am going to follow the rules for one team. Uh, the start for this game is the Toyota Camry of tight ends, Kyle Rudolph. He should be your tight end by committee start for this game. I think you're going to see that sweet 55 yards and a possibility for a touchdown that I've been honking about all summer. Honk, honk. I don't look here. Kubiak loves his tight ends. That's what that's what Clark's relying on. Relying on that Gary Cubes offense. Loves a good tight end. Kyle Rudolph got the most fake extension of all time with his like zero a huge amount of money, zero guarantee. They could just immediately cut him halfway through this year. It's he's so bad. Did you see Tom Brady's extension, which literally said, We're changing your contract so that it can stop after this year. Please sign it. Oh, you burned, Nick. The, no, that's, the thing, a, that's the conversation. Oh, it is a conversation. No, and that's fine. The thing with Brady's deals are always that, oh, by the way, we will pay your physical therapy outfit to continue to treat all of our players. That's how we're able to pay you a middling quarterback salary over the last 10 years is because they pay him it, it, under the table through his Nick, that's cheating. The company. Patriots don't cheat, Nick. That is a yeah. wild <laughs> allegation. That is a bold they, statement. I hope you have facts to back this up. I do. This story broke like two years ago and no one gave a shit, but they do cheat and they're still better than your team. That's that's to the listeners, not you, Pete. <laughs> they are my team, so I don't know if they can be better than me, than my team, or or me personally. Um, yeah, Clark, I like the pick. Uh, we've we've we talked a little bit about Kyle Rudolph before on this podcast and being in Gary Kubiak's offense and how he loves to highlight the tight end position. And again, like in the because the tight end position, there are only three guys, really, really two guys. If if you're following our book, which is George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, who are going to get you quote like wide receiver level production everyone else is just kind of you're hoping for 50 plus yards and a td here and there um and so i don't see why kyle rudolph can't do that and especially if you're streaming your tight end position or if you're someone who waited all the way in one of my leagues i waited all i didn't draft a tight end and i just picked up mark andrews off the waiver wire uh which i'm very happy with but like kyle rudolph is a great guy to also do that with uh this week start calvin ridley Jordan hijacking the segment for his own purposes. <laughs> yeah, if like we are going to do that, it's it's Dalvin Cook because oh, as you know, the the Falcons cannot stop running backs through the air. I'm they, so excited! I'm so excited to watch yeah. Dalvin Cook. I hope he stays healthy this season. My God, I hope he stays. He's able to play a full full season. Uh, Jordan, your final game that you are excited about and paying attention to this week. Um. So lastly, and again, we are going to have to wait to see how the elements shake out i was just looking at the schedule tampa bay jacksonville and miami all have home games this week like we do this every freaking year we why can't we just try to push off 
their home game. Like, let them start on the road for two games, even a one game. To anyway, it's the because, longer you wait, I'm it's just because saying, the, the uh, less likely hurricanes will happen. The NFL is run by rich white men who don't believe in global warming and hurricanes. I don't know if it's like uh, they want East Coast games on right away or not too many West Coast. I don't know. Whatever. Um, anyway, I am uh, starting everybody on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, because they're going to go 11 and 5. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're the best team uh, in the NFC South. They're just going to start measuring Mike Evans for his Hall of Fame jacket now. Um uh, I'm actually uh, I'm starting Marquise Goodwin in, as a as a flex option, yes, um, because Tampa Bay is still uh, starting Carlton Davis at defensive back, um, and he could very well be having uh, a good time guarding Marquise Goodwin if, uh, Har- if yeah if Vernon Hargraves is on Dante Pettis, I think that leaves uh, Marquise Goodwin in a good position to try to score some points. Um, and I also think for, for Tampa Bay, it's just even if they do manage to, because I think their defensive line is pretty decent and their uh, their linebacking core is not bad, but I still think it's going to take them a while to get the wheels going on a Todd Bowles defense um, to really understand the concepts in that. Um, so I, I really do think if if uh, Kyle Shanahan is going to show us anything, if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to show us anything, just got to come out right away in the first game and start slinging it. Um, I think Goodwin, uh, again, is a pretty solid flex start because also last year, Tampa Bay led up a historic 72.5% completion percentage to quarterbacks. So if there's a game for Jimmy G to get his footing and get back on track, I think it's against Tampa Bay. Love it. And you should start the unquestioned all freaking summer number one running back in San Francisco, Matt Breida, which I tried to tell all you noobs about and you're welcome. Oh, you noobs. Yeah. I love the, I love the Marquise Goodwin as a, as a flex player, just because he's going to face, you mentioned it. It's a defense that has no real secondary. Um, and I think that he, we, everyone kind of cooled on him last year because there wasn't a good quarterback who was able to get the ball downfield to him when he was playing with Jimmy G in those final three games. And that, in that year and whatever that was 2017, he was putting up good fantasy numbers. He was getting the ball deep. He was averaging, I think, 16 or 17 yards per reception. Um, I don't see why that can't happen again against the secondary that is riddled with no-namers and, uh, and is ripe for the picking. Yeah, so this game's going to go over 50 points combined, and anyone who's got a role in the pass-catching game for, for either team should be um, in starting consideration. Clark, Matt Breda, I, I think, is going to smash um, – Kevin Coleman. And I say that, and I can see Kevin Coleman getting like 60 yards and two TDs, like big getting close. He just punches him in. He's but if you're that. in a sort of PPR league, especially full point, Breda, I, I think, is a safe bet to get six catches in this game. I think that he can easily make up for uh, not finding the end zone. Um, but yeah, I, I fire the cannons on Breda. And, and um, Jordan, I, I think it's worth. Uh, you bringing up the, the tweet that you had just shared in, in our, our Slack channel uh, about the, te- the yeah. captains of the Bucks. I thought that was, uh, I actually thought that was pretty telling. I know it's just a tweet and it's about captainship, but I think that leads to what we were talking about last week with Daria Gumbawale possibly taking over sooner rather than later in the running back yeah. position. I, 
I agree. If you're feeling super gutsy and you've got no one to play in like a second flex spot, Dario Gunvalale, man. That's Do a it. bold move, but I like it. Win week one bold. Well, while we're here, just as a public service announcement, if you had a feeling about a player and he does really well week one, just hang on a minute because, you know, it's a long season. If you want to pound your chest week eight, then then it's appropriate. It's just a lot of those tweets don't age well when, what was it, like Jonathan Williams scored three touchdowns for the Patriots and then was kidnapped and we never heard from him again. <laughs> so just, you know, save yourself the trouble. And, and if someone you like to doesn't have a, a good week, don't panic and drop them necessarily. Let's just temper. Let's temper this first week. We've been waiting for it for a long time. Let's just go out there and have some fun. Okay, break. And cue next week's podcast, uh, week one overreactions that we've had. <laughs> panic in the streets, 2019. <laughs> Who are you freaking out about? I I think that's a a very good point because especially for fantasy, I've been treating the past couple of years. September is just second preseason. None of these teams really know who they are just yet. So that's why you've got to try to come away with as many wins as possible now, but don't panic if you're, if you're struggling a little bit. And if you see someone in your league panicking buy like take advantage of them buy whatever player that they're freaking out about right from under them. If they're like, Oh my God, Ezekiel Elliott came back, but Tony Pollard outcarried him. What's going to happen? It's like, all right, I'll trade you Ezekiel Elliott for a kicker. And they'll be like, Oh, thank God. Way to get him off my hands for me. And they'll be like, Hey, no problem. So yeah, there you go. There's my draft trade strategy. Uh, The last game I'm going to be talking about is the Kansas city chiefs heading to Jacksonville. Again, like we talked about another Florida game that who knows if it's going to happen or not, but My play for this game is fade Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to say bench the man because that's crazy. I know, preposterous. But the Jaguars are home. They've allowed allowed the second fewest touchdowns to quarterbacks last year. And they were the only defense that held Pat Mahomes without a passing touchdown. And they picked him off twice last year. Patrick Mahomes threw multiple touchdowns against every other team except for the Jaguars last year. Now, will history repeat itself? I don't know. But I'm just saying if you are playing DFS... Don't pay up for Patrick Mahomes. If you have him, you're not going to not start him, but maybe don't be surprised if he doesn't perform the holy God that he was, uh, that he was last year. Um, and on a quick positive note, start D.D. Westbrook because this game's going to be a shootout. The Chiefs don't have a uh, defense, and D.D. Westbrook is Nick Foles' favorite target. So It's uh, Nick Foles' only target, just about. <laughs> just, um, well, they, those are not mutually exclusive. Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, Josh Allen. That's all I'm going to say. Fade Patty. Sorry, Fade Patrick that. Mahomes. So, uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, too, for me entering week one because he's Patrick Mahomes, and he plays in the Andy Reid offense, and they've now had a year to look over film and scheme ways to destroy this team the second time around. Um, so ignore these two fools and start Patrick Mahomes with confidence. I'm not saying don't start the man. I'm just saying that he's not going to put, he's not going to throw five touchdowns and 300 yards on this defense. I would not be surprised if he doesn't make it over 250 and probably throws a touchdown with uh, at least a pick. He's at least getting intercepted once. Fear bet. Patrick Mahomes in week one goes over 250 yards and three touchdowns. Done. And I win, I win if any of those things come true. 
or he scores, he goes over 2.5 touchdowns. Still, I'll still take it. Thank you. Cool. Nicholas, wrap us up. Last game that you're looking at. Let's see here. Okay. Last game is uh, Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. Early reports indicate that Ezekiel Elliott, although he has now been re-signed and will be playing in week one, is going to be limited to 20 to 25 snaps. Not touches. Keep in mind how effectively the Ezekiel Elliott story has been reported on so far this year. I'm sorry, Nick. Please go ahead. <laughs> uh, 2225 snaps. I actually don't know what you meant there because I think that it was fairly well reported on by some people. So come back in a second here. Um, Tony Pollard is still going to be operating as a lead back. He's not going to be the unquestioned bell cow, but I do think that he's going to see more work uh, than Ezekiel Elliott. I, I'm blanking on the name. I think that it was from Pat Foreman. Uh, he tracked Ezekiel Elliott playing 59.3 snaps uh, last season, so he's going to be playing less than half of what his normal workload is. Uh, I think that it's still going to be the Tony Pollard show. And, and it, granted, Zeke can still finish as an RB1 on 12 touches. But I think that Tony Pollard is going to be the featured back in week one against a non-existent New York Giants defense. And I would confidently still start Tony Pollard as a RB1, RB2 French. That's bold. I don't want to laugh at Nick. So <laughs> the guy who wants to start Kyle Rudolph is going to laugh at me for believing that. For, for starting Tony Pollard over Ezekiel Elliott. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's so let's, as you're, as you're, are, as you're tight end eight, nine, or 10, I'm saying you should start Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Someone else is suggesting you should start Tony Pollard over Ezekiel Elliott. I made no claim that you should start him over Ezekiel. Start both of them if you have them. Yeah, I'm. The, I just. I think. I think. Just like how all is fair in love and war, all is fair when you are doing pregame projections of what you would like to keep a player on a snap count as. And then the game starts and Ezekiel Elliott gets going, and you're like, "Oh, Ezekiel Elliott's back, and he's totally fine. We're gonna feed him the rock." I just I don't know how much power Jason Garrett's going to have over how much Zeke is touching the ball. He he's just at such an elevated risk for a soft tissue injury, and and the uh, although you know the Cowboys are operated sometimes by donkey brain people, uh, <laughs> they have they have talked about that, and they they are aware of the fact that that folks who sit out of the uh, preseason are at an elevated risk for suffering a soft tissue injury. I think all players are at risk of suffering a, a soft tissue injury. But I, I think that there's – now, I, I looked at some of the numbers for Zeke's contract, and it's like after 2020, his salary is guaranteed after like the fifth day of the league year and then the same thing for 2021. I think there might be some chicanery going on with the contract situation in terms of the guarantees. And I think what that means for this season and probably next season is that the Cowboys are going to be like, yeah, we're going to get our money's worth here and we're going to use Zeke as much as possible. Like we are going to drain his value completely out and we're going to get the most out of this, out of this tank of gas here. So uh, that seems to be a very popular argument that, I'm sorry. They they can't use him any more than they already do. I think they can't. Like, they, Every touch. No one like ever throw the football. Christian McCaffrey is the only person ever to get you know the amount of snaps. Was like something like ninety percent of the snaps, which is just absolutely ridiculous. But it's like 
it, it was like what we said for about Le'Veon Bell for several years. It's like, oh, the Steelers are just going to use him up on the franchise. He's like, well, that's what they did when they had him on his rookie deal too. Like that's, I, think, I, I don't understand. They're going to use him because he's fucking good, right? Because he's better than Tony Pollard. So they're going to give him the ball <laughs> shit time, right? Like I, I agree. Ezekiel, it's awesome. They paid him. They're going to use him. They've been using him every year that he hasn't been a knucklehead and gotten suspended. I drafted Zeke everywhere. I'm just on cloud nine. This has finally worked out. I took a chance, and I finally didn't rank the number one running back who didn't play. I finally <laughs> broken the curse. The curse has been lifted. Yeah. I think Kellen Clemens wants to use – I think it's Kellen Clemens. He wants to use Zeke Elliott more, more. in the passing game than they have, uh, which I think they definitely uh, need to do in order to get the most value out of them. But uh, either the Cowboys are really dumb for just not waiting to see what they had in Tony Pollard by letting him be the full-time starter, or they saw enough where they're just like, yeah, we need to get Ezekiel back here because we want to do some things that only he can do. It's one or the other. I think sometimes Jerry just likes to hand out money because he just likes to hand out money. Jerry, like, Jerry likes to pay his guys. And that's how Jerry does. Yeah. Uh, Nick, who's going to have a better week, Mark Ingram or Tony Pollard? Uh, Tony Pollard. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> let's, let's do this. No, so both Jordan and Clark misrepresented what I said. Do you have anything that you would like to say? We'll just go three for three, and we keep doing some board bets on where Tony Pollard's going to finish. Let's do this. Uh, no, I think I think it's a, he is going to be a player that everyone is thinking about how what what is his play this week because there was so much offseason hype about him because he played so well in the preseason and because the Cowboys had such a such a contractual issue with Zeke and now that Zeke is back and in I don't not see the Cowboys giving Tony Pollard some some touches and maybe having it be a more balanced attack. I just have a hard time seeing Tony Pollard out-touching Ezekiel Elliott so drastically uh, to the point where he is a RB2 this week. So, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really don't want to beat this dead horse too much. I think that, that uh, Tony Pollard sees around 30 snaps, and I think that Ezekiel Elliott – between 20 and 25 simply because like i said uh players who sit who hold out okay so you're, you're seeing go through you're training seeing camp 50 split right i, I 60 40 60 40 in favor of, of tony pollard okay. um and it just because guys when, when you don't go through the nfl conditioning process those muscles get really tight and we have seen this and if, if next episode we need me to come back with a list of guys who have had soft tissue injuries who have held out i can do that but players are at an elevated risk, meaning uh, players who hold out suffer soft tissue injuries in week one at a higher rate than those who do not. I just think that I think the difference is that Tony Pollard maybe will play 70 to 60% of the snaps. But I think when Ezekiel Elliott is in, the ball will be going to Zeke. He'll get more touches despite the fact that he's playing less snaps. Sure, but, but they're going to smoke the Giants. That's true. Right? Like, true. The Giants are garbage. So there's plenty of work to be done by everyone involved. That's my point. But by halfway through the second quarter, they're not going to need Elliott out there and they're going to feature Tony Pollard to close out the game. Well, until Eli gets benched and Daniel Jones comes and suddenly we have a game <laughs> for five touchdowns. Who says no? Come on, you guys. Believe with me. 
right, so there you go. There's a heated, but that's how we do this. That's how the podcast rolls. Heated starts and sets. So if you uh, if you don't heed this advice, someone else on this podcast also didn't heed the advice of one of the people who said it. So you're fine. Well, we've covered we've covered both ends. We've been, so. yeah. We, we've covered absolutely everything. So we've given you clarity on any question that you might have arised. Quickly, before we go, though, uh, today, since you're listening to this on Thursday, first game of the year, Packers in Chicago to take on the Bears. Let's quickly pick it because why not? It's fun. Uh, we'll just wrap up with that. Clark, who do you have winning the first game of the NFL season? I like the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, so I'm just going to say they upset the Bears at home. I think it's an upset. Yep, yep. Jordan, I would assume you're picking the Bears, right? Uh, yeah, I picked the Bears to win in a pick 'em. Wow, I'm not kidding. I, I'm I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic, and I'm playing the uh, first year. And this includes Matt Nagy from last year. First year head coaches tend to drop the first proverbial game. ball in their first game. Nice. So, yeah, all right, Turn all right. The odds. Jordan says the Packers. Nicholas, who are you picking for this game? <laughs> I'll go Bears. Oh, Nick being being by himself yet again. <laughs> I have to pick the Packers because Becca's listening and she'll divorce me if I pick the Bears. Well, wait, is Becca a Bears or a Packers fan? Yes, Jordan. Have we not talked about this? No. Born, born and raised Wisconsinite. <laughs> how did I not know this? I don't know how you didn't know this. I feel like this has come up many times on the podcast. I mean, I've always been a fan. And now and now it's just cemented. There you go. It's cemented in in green and gold blood. <laughs> That's how everyone bleeds. Oh, boy. All right. Well, <laughs> well done, everyone. Uh, make sure to f- subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast channel. Uh, that is where our, our podcast is. It's where our fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball, all of that stuff is all housed in the Fake Teams podcast. So go search for that and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you guys next week. Enjoy it. Enjoy. Enjoy football. Until next week. What a trash ending. God damn it. I feel like you did fine. Enjoy. Enjoy. I was I was yeah. combining enjoy and until next week. Yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs>